0: Hey guys, this is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thanks for tuning in this morning to share a cup of coffee with me as we discuss the Bible this morning. And you know, we're going to be in Mark chapter 13 today. We already finished Mark chapter 12 last week and we are now in Mark 13 and we only have, let's see here, I think two more chapters of Mark before we're done with the book of Mark and we're going to be moving on to the book of Luke. I'm going to be honest with you guys I was slightly hoping we would finish Mark a little bit sooner so that Luke chapter 2 which is the Christmas story could uh, come up for the time of Christmas but obviously that did not happen but that's okay (laughs) I'm just going to take things as um, as they go but you know Mark chapter 13 is kind of a interesting chapter, to say the least. I think it's something that a lot of people stress over. So today and on Thursday, we're going to be talking about it a little bit. And on Thursday, Mark Cravens, which is a friend of mine that I've gotten to know over the past few months, is going to be coming on once again. He's been on the podcast before, but he's going to be coming on the podcast again to talk about Mark chapter 13. And I think he'll be talking about verses 12 through 23. And so definitely join in on Thursday to hear an episode with me and Mark talking about the book of Mark. (laughs) But okay, friends, let's go ahead and talk about Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through, let's see here, 11 today. And we'll be seeing what Jesus has to say about the prophecy of the end times to his disciples. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version as I always do. As he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what kind of stones and what kind of buildings. Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone on another, which will not be thrown down. As he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be? What is the sign that these things are all about to be fulfilled? Jesus answered and began to tell them, Be careful that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be troubled, for those must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, there will be famines and troubles. These things are the beginning of birth pains. But watch yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will stand before the rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. The good news must first be preached to all the nations. When they lead you away and deliver you up, don't be anxious beforehand or premeditate what you will say, but say whatever will be given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. So it is very, very soon... To Jesus' death. And because of the Passover, young men were supposed to make the trip into Jerusalem so that they could worship God in Jerusalem. And I think it was men from ages, I can't remember, like 15 to 40. I, I don't remember any like able-bodied young man was supposed to make this trip. Into Jerusalem to worship God on Passover now Jesus of course was perfect and he always followed the rules and the laws so he of course went with his disciples into Jerusalem so Jerusalem their temple there in the middle of Jerusalem was gorgeous okay it had gold plates on it It had marble stones and tiles and it was absolutely gorgeous and Herod was actually the one that expanded on the temple and I believe he finished it in AD 60 something and only a few years later it was completely destroyed by the Romans so it was not completed very long before it was destroyed if that makes sense so Jesus was kind of telling his disciples about all this because the temple itself had actually become almost like an idol in the people's hearts. And there's a few verses in the Bible that actually say that um, like doing blasphemy at this point in time in, in Jesus's day and age against the temple was like worthy of death. I, I, I don't remember if it was worthy of death, but It was worthy of like getting beaten or something. It was considered blasphemy. I I don't exactly remember that and don't quote me on that. But I do know that speaking against the temple itself was considered blasphemy, which in all honesty is sort of ridiculous because it was just a building. And that's kind of what uh, what Jesus was saying uh, when he did the woe to you, scribes and Pharisees chapter. He mentioned uh, he mentioned that a little bit about. Um, swearing on the altar and and different things, but I'm not going to go into that right now. But basically it had become an idol in the people's hearts and the disciples here were actually looking at the temple and all of the beautiful stones and the marble tiles and how big these stones were. These stones were apparently huge. And I think you can still see some of them to this day from my understanding you know, the disciples are looking at these beautiful stones and the gold everywhere. And they're just like, teacher, look at all these beautiful stones about this temple. And Jesus is basically like, yeah, everything you see here is going to be torn down. <laughs> and he was like prophesying to his disciples about what was going to happen in AD 70 something when the um, when the Romans come and destroy the temple completely. And so obviously the disciples are freaked out. They're like, what? What do you mean? So Jesus is going up to the Mount of Olives and you can see the temple from the Mount of Olives back in those days. You could see it. So Jesus was sitting there across from the temple and the disciples, a few of them, come up and they're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean all of the stuff is going to be torn down? Like, can you tell us what what what's happening here? And so they ask Specifically in verse 4, they're like, Tell us when will these things be, and what is the sign that these things are about to be fulfilled? So Jesus starts talking to his disciples, and he doesn't exactly answer their question. He doesn't say when, but he says, He starts like prophesying about the end times. And so he says, Be careful that no one leads you astray. And that's how he starts it out, which is Honestly, the best way to start it out, because he's about to start talking about uh, wars and different issues that are going to start happening and then how the church is going to be uh, persecuted. And so he says, when all these things start happening, be careful you don't be led astray. And then he says that many people are going to come in his name and even many of them are going to say that uh, they are God themselves which has happened. I mean, we, we've seen that throughout history. Many times people decide that they're gods and different things. But Jesus is like, don't be led astray by these people who say they are coming in my name. Don't be led astray by them. He says that um, they, those people are going to lead many, many people astray by forming their own religions and just doing all sorts of crazy things. So he says, don't be led astray, even though hard things are about to happen. The one thing that stuck out to me the most about what Jesus was saying here was actually in verse 9. And he's talking to the disciples. And I'll go back to verses 7 and 8 in a minute. But this really stuck out to me. It says, watch yourselves for they're going to deliver you up to the councils and you will be beaten in the synagogues. That implies that the religious people are going to be part of the persecution of true Christian followers and I have found that to be the case myself I have a bit of a checkered church history a little bit with uh, my family getting kicked out of the church I grew up in and persecution happens in the church so frequently it's crazy how often it happens in the church and I've been recently um, listening to that podcast the rise and fall of Mars Hill and uh even there, you know, the amount of issues that were in that mega church, it just kind of proves right here, is that people who are in the church are often going to be the ones that persecute the the true churchgoers. And actually in the book, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, one of the first chapters of that book was something really interesting that I read. And C.S. Lewis was arguing that um, one of the best ways to get people to not follow God is by taking them to church. <laughs> and it's sad how true that is, you know, because churchgoers are often the ones that persecute people as unfortunate as that is. And they persecute people who are really, really trying to follow God's will. And uh, even in my own uh, personal experience with that kind of stuff. you know, I, I do believe that my family, in a way was persecuted. But you know it, that really stuck out to me a lot was just this idea that the disciples, the people who really were following Jesus, who really loved Jesus, were going to be persecuted by uh, the the church you know, by the synagogues, the people in the synagogues, the religious leaders at that time. And we still see that, unfortunately, to this day. And that is because many people are going to come in Jesus's name. And, you know, the, the Pharisees back in Jesus's day, they they said, you know, we follow the law. We love the father. We love God. And, you know, but they didn't do anything. That God had commanded them to do, their hearts were so far away from God. They were only doing it for show. They were re- really only doing it for, um, to like think that they were holy themselves, but they weren't actually holy. They weren't actually set apart. They were uh, persecuting Jesus and his disciples, and unfortunately, that happens nowadays. And Jesus says, "Watch out for that." You know, watch out for people infiltrating the church, who say they come in Jesus's name but are in fact completely opposite to everything Jesus teaches and don't have a heart for Jesus. So Jesus says, watch out for these people. Do not be led astray by them. But in verse 7 and 8, it talks about different troubles that are going to happen that don't, that are not part of the end times. That's what Jesus specifically says. He says, the end is not yet when these things happen. He says, wars and rumors of wars will happen, but that is not the end. He says, and then there's going to be troubles in various places. Uh, For example, in Kentucky recently, here in America, there was a terrible, terrible tornado that wiped out an entire town and many, many people died. Worst tornado, they say in history, that they know of in the month of December and many people died from this tornado and Jesus says you know stuff like this because the world is uh, corrupt and groaning and waiting for Jesus this kind of stuff is going to happen and um, you know there's going to be earthquakes in different places there's gonna be famines and different kinds of troubles but Jesus says but the end isn't yet you know this is just the beginning of the birth pains is what Jesus says so he says that's the beginning you know I watched my sister when uh, she gave birth to my niece I wasn't there in the process of all of it but before she was giving birth and she was going through her labor pains um, I watched how that worked she'd be so sick and so miserable for like a full minute and then she'd be fine for like another minute then she'd be miserable and sick and terrible for another two minutes and then be fine and you know so they just kept getting more and more intense and unfortunately my sister had a really long labor but um you know her her birth pains got worse and worse and worse as time went on and as my niece was getting closer to being delivered so that's kind of what this sort of signifies here when Jesus talks about how these are birth pains you know they're going to get worse and worse and worse until the end comes so they're going to be possibly more frequent possibly just worse in uh in intensity but then of course there'll be a time when it's not so bad like when my sister had in between the birth pains when she was not as sick that that's what's going to happen to the earth. You know, there's going to be an intense thing that happens and then it'll be fine and people will forget about it and life will go on as normal. And, uh, and then all of a sudden something else will happen. And, and that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. He, he relates it as, uh, birth pains and, uh, it'll keep getting worse until the end comes near. But then of course, when the end comes near, Jesus comes back and rescues us and saves us and, creates a new heaven and a new earth so honestly it's something to look forward to but you know it says that before all this stuff happens though the good news must be preached to all of the nations and it says that when they lead you away to deliver you up don't be anxious so Jesus kind of talks about this reminds me of Paul specifically Paul in uh, Paul the Apostle you know when he was uh, taken away He had to stand in front of kings. He was standing in front of like uh, mayors and kings and all sorts of different religious figures that would listen to his testimony of scripture. And that's what Jesus is implying here is that uh, you're actually going to be witnessing, even though it's a bad thing that you are being, you know, taken to this person and you have to give them your testimony. It says you're going to be witnessing to kings. But he says, when you stand in front of those kings, don't be afraid. You know, just say what the spirit tells you to say. He says, don't even think about it beforehand. He says, just be led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will accurately guide you into what you should say to this particular person in order to best witness to them and possibly even save your life. I don't know. I've heard a lot of people, though, say that we're not going to think about what we're going to talk about beforehand because of the Holy Spirit. And I found a quote, and I I laughed so hard at this quote. It was was on Enduring Word, and this man's name, his last name was Robertson, but I don't know his, his first name. But the quote is, here jesus spoke of the inspiration that comes at a moment of persecution not of teaching in the church there is no excuse for the lazy preacher who fails to prepare his sermon out of the mistaken reliance upon the holy spirit <laughs> oh i laughed so hard when i read that because basically this guy is saying like yeah this this specifically means that when you are being persecuted It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to study the Bible, because if you don't study the Bible, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and and teach you what you have to say in that moment. You're supposed to learn the scriptures. And there's actually a verse in the Bible that says, like, hide it away in your heart, you know, meditate on it. So um, this is talking specifically about those moments of persecution Not in every day-to-day life. So, for example, if I just got on the podcast and uh, didn't research any of this stuff beforehand and just said what I thought it meant and was claiming that it was the Holy Spirit, that would be wrong. That would be a sin. And that's why I tell people, you know, read this for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. You know, read the Bible. That's what I always say. Like, read the Bible. Make sure that it's not just... You listening to me to get your information, but make sure that this is accurate for yourselves uh, because that's kind of what Jesus tells everybody to do is is to not be led astray, not to just take somebody's word for it, but to truly like dig into it yourself and uh, learn it for yourself. So, friends and faithful listeners, this was Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 11. Uh, join me tomorrow. For an episode out of Exodus, we're actually going to be finishing up season two of Exodus. Isn't that crazy? We're, we're, I mean, of the P4 Ministries podcast, we're we're done with season two as of tomorrow. And then next Wednesday, I'll be back. I'm going to take two days off. I'm going to take the Monday and Tuesday after Christmas off so that I can spend some time with uh, my husband and my family. And I'll be back on that Wednesday with season three and we're gonna be starting in Leviticus. So join in tomorrow for the end of season two, which is kinda special. And then also, you know, the Christmas Eve podcast special for P40 Ministries is coming up. That will be on Friday at midnight. There's not gonna be a normal episode on Friday morning. Just to let you guys know it's going to be aired at midnight. It is going to be a special podcast episode for Christmas, so tune in for that, and then also tune in Thursday for that episode with Mark Cravens, so a lot of special stuff coming up in this week, this Christmas week, so I'm so excited for where the podcast is going, and you know, if this has touched you, if season two of the P4A Ministries podcast has really touched you, then please go to over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and write a review and review the p 4 Ministries podcast because that will help it get found by more people. And, you know, if this has convicted you anyway, share it on your social media platforms and, uh, you know, just spread the gospel. Spread the gospel, however that looks for you. Friends and vape listeners, happy listening and God bless.